You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. So um, we'll uh, wrap the show here talking about um, this week in Knicks history. It's a little bit of a playoff edition of Knicks this week in Knicks history. And we started with on this day that we're recording, April 20th, 1971. Future Knicks All-Star Allen Houston was born. So happy birthday to Allen Houston, like I mentioned. Uh, his 52nd birthday today. Uh, he's also a Knicks executive as well. So still part of the Knicks and, and what they're trying to build over there. So definitely want to give our shout-out to Allen Houston. Played nine seasons with the Knicks, signed as a free agent in 96. Uh, he would go on to lead the team to an NBA Finals appearance in 1999. Back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals appearances in 99 and 2000. He was a two-time All-Star with the Knicks. Uh, average uh, 18.5 points a game while wearing the orange and blue. So happy birthday to Allen Houston. Also this week, April 22nd, I mentioned that uh, Nick Villain, that was once a Nick Hero, uh, Nick's coach Pat Riley at this time, uh, became the 11th coach in NBA history to reach 700 wins after the Knicks beat the Bucs in Milwaukee, uh, 125-85. So they beat down the Bucs that season. Um, Riley would later on that season lead the Knicks to a finals appearance, and then he had just one more year in New York for bolting to Miami. So those are some of your big uh, this week in Knicks history notes, starting with Allen Houston. Do you feel like Allen Houston is an underrated Nick? I know we've talked a lot about underrated and overrated stuff because of the athletic survey. What do you think of Allen Houston, where he stands among the Nick greats? I do, actually. Um, you know, you ask Nick fans, even like hardcore Nick fans, who's the top four scorers in Nick's history, they'll give you Patrick, Willis, and Walt. Um, but the number four is Allen Houston, you know. Um, yeah. You know, so that's that's pretty heady company um, when only those three guys are ahead of you. Um, you know, back-to-back All-Stars. He's actually the last Nick guard to make an All-Star team um, in 2000, wow. 2001, um, which is crazy to think about. That's we'll crazy, yeah. Crazy, crazy, 20 years. <laughs> um Back-to-back 50-point games. I was just always a big fan of Houston um, as someone who considers themselves a shooter and loves to study the art <laughs> of shooting um, yeah. and form and, and elbow placement and, and fil- alignment and follow-through. And, um, you know, Allen Houston always had the most beautiful jump shot of – still to this day, like, I think the Knicks sent out a clip of on uh, an Instagram clip of him shooting in the gym somewhere. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind, like, he could come off the bench and hit two threes um, uh, on Friday night if the Knicks needed him to. Um, on the defensive side of the floor, may be an issue. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, in the grand scheme of things, I do think, um, you know, there's the, you know, he's kind of remembered more for a second contract, which he got overpaid. Um, you know, yeah. unfortunately, you know, the, uh, you know, is the, 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 the rule essentially, but you know, his first deal when he first came was seven years, 55 million, a very affordable deal. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think in the grand scheme of things, um, H2O was a little bit underappreciated. Yeah. I, I love Alan Houston. I mean, you know, I always talk about how, you know, my my fandom when it comes to the Knicks starts with those late 90s teams. Like, the bunch of people identify with 94 and going to the NBA Finals and those uh, matchups with the Bulls. Like, I was, you know, three, four, five years old when that was happening. So I was too young to understand what was going on. But, um, you know, 99, I'm eight years old. I'm really starting to get into sports finally. And the Knicks are going to the NBA Finals. And it's thanks to Allen Houston, first round, the shot in Miami, a shot that's hanging on my wall uh, in my living room. Because of, oh, actually, not even in my living room. So the first thing you see when you walk in my apartment, it's the first thing right uh, on the left side of the wall is Allen Houston's shot. So that just speaks to just how much Houston means to me as a Knicks fan. But I do think he is underrated. Um, in many ways, I think about how he played 
and how much of the conversation was like, oh, he needs to take the basket more. He needs to be more aggressive. He's taking too many jump shots. And thinking about how he would be playing in this era. This is where oh, a situation where you think God. of certain eras and when guys were playing and how much different things would be. Like, Allen Houston played in this era where you were getting this many open threes and you were encouraged to take this many jump shots. I mean, an 18-point score, he'd be a 25, 27-point scorer playing He's- in this today NBA because he was arguably the best shooter in the NBA at that time. Him, Pager, Ray Allen, those were among the best shooters, and Allen Houston was right there. So uh, a absolute deadly shooter from three, from mid-range. I remember I was playing for, uh, and I don't know if I told the story in the podcast, but I was playing for the Riverside Church Hawks. I was playing AU ball. We got picked to play halftime of a Knicks game. And, uh, you know, prior to the game, you know, we're in shoot-around. We get to see the guys work out, and we're getting, you know, um, Louis Gossett Jr. like speaks to us. It was really cool. And Cal Ramsey. Well, former great, obviously late great Kyle Ramsey is speaking to all the parents and the kids as we're sitting in your front row at the garden and the players are going through their workouts. And as he's talking behind him is Allen Houston. I tell you, Tommy, Allen Houston must have made like 60 straight three pointers. I mean, this guy was shooting the lights out. And while Kyle was talking at one point, he's like, I bet you guys have stopped listening to me because Allen Houston <laughs> is still making jumps out behind me. Right. And the whole crowd that was there was like laughing and stuff because, I mean, that was one of the best shooting displays I'd ever seen. And I played ball up, you know, at, at that time, I'm probably like, uh, it's like 2001, it's probably like 10 up until, you know, I'm 18, you know, and I still never seen anything like that before. I mean, he was uh, a, just a textbook jump shooter. So, so to see Allen Houston work before next game, getting ready and, and to see that display and what he could do. Was was mind boggling. Something that I'll never forget as a as a young player, especially as a as a young Nick fan. So, uh, shout outs to the great Allen Houston man. Just, I wish you could have played in this era. Amen. And to, I and I hadn't thought of it till you just said it. So I just looked it up on Basketball Reference at literally as you were talking. Um, 1999, 2000, 2000, 2001. The two years he made the All Star team, averaged 19.7 points, then 18.7 points. In 99, 2000, averaged three three point attempts per game. Uh, 2000, 2001, 3.2 point attempts yeah. per game. To give you some context, uh, Rand, Julius Randall, a 6'9", <laughs> burly power forward, averaged 8.3 three-point attempts this season. So, like, I, I'm sure if I just looked on the list of, guys, like, Kelly Olenek, like, guys who averaged more than three three-point attempts oh, yeah. this season would boggle your mind. Um, yeah. You put Allen Houston in an environment where he takes nine three-pointers a game um, you know, that's Clay Thompson three point numbers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and Houston's probably in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, that 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 really is that really just speaks to just how the game can change and how certain guys are just built for different eras. So uh and and I did mention the Pat Riley uh stat about him reaching seven hundred wins. I always think of Pat Riley as a very interesting figure in Nick's history. He's so hated for for good reason <laughs> for him just leaving and dodging the team. Uh, they were, you know, in the middle of title contention. Do you think if Riley would have stayed, the Knicks would have ever won a title? Or do you think that he got out at the right time in his eyes to, to go to Miami? Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where a team and a player reach their apex and then it's just it, it, it diminishing marginal returns thereafter. Um, right. I think they were ready to hear a new voice. I think they had tuned it. They had heard all the motivational ploys and the trips to Reno before West Coast trip and all the other little things that Riley um, challenging. There's only so many times you can you know get in a player's face and challenge them um, before they start to tune that stuff out. So I actually think Van Gundy mm. gave them a better chance to win once Riley left town. Interesting. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing because you're right. Riley was not nah, look. I mean, Van Gundy also was uh, a guy who would ride guys too, but yeah. not like Riley. Riley is yeah. notorious for being, you know, a really tough guy kind of coach. And you're right, like that style and branding worked for like that apex of that era and what yes. was happening with the NBA. And as the NBA was going to soon shift from that, maybe not immediately, but it was coming they probably needed a different coach. I, as much as I love Jeff, I do wonder what would have happened. They went to a coach and well, to be fair, they did go to a coach who tried yeah. to minimize Ewing's um, importance on the team and did not go very well in Don Nelson. But I do wonder had they made, maybe Don Nelson wasn't the right guy because Don Nelson has a certain approach that I think wasn't right in New York city, but had they gone to a coach who maybe would have embraced maybe Ewing having a more diminished role and found a way to kind of, make that transition a little easier. I wonder if they could have eventually gotten over to the modern top. Uh, Jeff was great. He's an awesome defensive coach. Um, I think he was a guy people respected because he kind of grinded his way up. So he had some intangibles that he just couldn't, couldn't teach. So in some ways, maybe he just was the right guy. And of course he took him to the NBA finals, but that's always the one thing I wonder in terms of that era because Ewing was so clearly on the decline and yet he was still so much the focal point of the team. I wonder if they had a guy who, Maybe would have shifted that and find a way to, to maybe embrace, uh, maybe getting Allen Houston more touches and, and embrace some of these other guys on the team that maybe things would have been different. But uh, you know, it's funny. Jeff always t- says that that team in '97 that like, you know, got screwed by the whole PJ Brown thing. He feels like that was the Knicks' best chance at um, beating the Bulls. And when you look at that roster, I mean, it was a really good team. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was kind of like a, in some ways, kind of like a mesh of like the. 94 and then what we would get in 99 you know it's kind of yep. like the perfect kind of combination of both those teams and you know they were hammering the heat until that happened so i guess we'll never know but pat riley remains a very interesting figure in nick's history and um a guy that as we saw when randall hit that shot and um riley was standing in the, in the sideway in the side tunnel looking disgusted because he big fans have not forgotten they've not forgotten what uh, pat riley did them now somewhat 25 20 something years ago at this point so Happy birthday to Alan Houston. 